Welcome. You're listening to audio from Haddington Elam Church. We hope that you're encouraged and challenged by this week's message. The root issue, we're going to be looking at this. We, probably like many of you, it's that time of year where everything starts to grow in the garden. And we had this, this ghastly chore of taking care of tidying our garden. Now, we know that the Bergs have a beautiful garden in the back. They have a green thumb. Stuff is growing beautifully. Not so much at our place. We've tried to grow some different things at lockdown. We don't have that green thumb. It's, it's a chore. Now, again, if you enjoy gardening, there are many people that enjoy gardening. God bless you. But that is not something that I enjoy. Now, whoever planted the grass seed in our back garden where we stay, they must have got it out of the reduced to clear aisle. Because this is not premium grade grass seed. It's like weed seed. And I mean, there's a few blades of grass within there. And looking today at the root issue. So as we were tidying this, it was where I've got this sermon from. It's like you have the dandelions and you have the things that are are coming up. And you could kind of pull them easy and they just break away. But the root is still going in. And we have the root issue. Because to, to get rid of those weeds, to get rid of those things properly, you have to get them out by the root. There's just no easy way around that there's more work involved. Have any of you ever cut down a tree and tried to remove a stump? It is really, really difficult. I was just watching a YouTube video. I like watching those things where people mess up at work. So this guy has this, he has this chain tied around this stump. And he's trying to, to rip it out with his, his truck. He's, and he, so he puts it in gear. Of course, he goes and it gives loose and it goes through his back windscreen, just smashes up his truck. And it's like, it's very, very difficult. You can begin to dig and there's just roots. And the thing is to properly remove it, you have to cut those roots. Us, if we didn't remove the roots in our garden, those same dandelions, those same, same weeds are gonna just come back. Again and again, you have to remove the root. This is also how things can be in our hearts. If we're not careful, things can begin to grow in our heart. The Bible says that your heart is the wellspring of life and to guard it above all else. We have issues that can happen in our heart and today we're looking at the root issue. Hebrews 12, 4 says this. Hebrews 12, 14 says, pursue peace with all men. Boy, that word peace is so nice. If you ever had something, a chaotic day or just chaos, peace is so nice. But he says, pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble and by it many may be defiled, that there be no immoral or godless person like Esau who so- sold his own birthright for a single meal. Pursue peace with all men. It's something that we are told to pursue. It doesn't just come. We have to pursue it. Last week as I was uh, doing the sermon, I-, I had touched on the the. the the feeling that maybe you're feeling like you're in a desert place or maybe you feel like you've been far from God or you haven't felt his presence or that he doesn't seem as near as he once was. One reason could be that there could be a root of bitterness within your heart or something else. When we harbor bitterness or unforgiveness, the open communication with heaven is hindered. A scary thought to think about. 
And I had preached a message last year called Don't Hinder Your Prayers. Believe it or not, there are things that we can do that hinder our prayers from being answered with God. One of the things the Bible says is about treating your wife right. If you don't treat your wife right, it can hinder your prayers with God. If you have unforgiveness, if you have bitterness, those are things that can keep your prayers from being heard and or answered. We have the responsibility to keep the lines of communication open with God. Our responsibility. This is one of those things where we always want God to do all the stuff, but he's given us stuff to do and given us responsibilities to carry. Sherry's dad had this big tree in his front yard. His ho their house is set back far from the road, and they had their main water pipe that came in from the street. And this big tree, without fail, every year the roots would grow down and clog the pipe. And he would have to get a plumber. And the guy would send the big uh, snake down. You know what I'm talking about? The thing that clear the drain. And this one had a saw on the end. And he'd have to saw the thing every year without fail. So what was, the, it, what was the result? What they had to do? He had to remove the tree. And they had the tree taken out in the stump and that root system. And it stopped the problem from happening again and again. Our heart can get clogged or closed off from the communication flow that we have with God. See, we have the responsibility to guard our heart. He tells us to guard our heart. It is the wellspring of life. It's the life flow within us. Today, we're going to be looking at bitterness. I have the definition. We're going to look at some definitions today. I don't normally do that with, with many things, but I just want to be able to have you truly understand what I'm getting at or where, where I'm coming from. Bitterness is a feeling of anger and unhappiness. Proceeding from or exhibiting strong animosity, resulting from or expressive of severe grief, anguish, or disappointment, marked by resentment or cynicism. I mean, even the name itself, bitterness, it just, bitter is not pleasant. If you have like bittersweet chocolate, it's not nearly as pleasant as milk chocolate. Like bitter is just awful. I think of like a grapefruit or a lemon. It's just bitter to your taste. In the same way that there was those poor seeds of grass in our garden, the seed of bitterness, whether intentional or unintentional, is a hurt that was sown in our hearts and can take root. So just like that guy threw the grass seed when they initially put it into our back garden, hurts can happen, whether intentional or unintentional. There are sometimes people mean to hurt you. They intentionally do it. And other times people have no ill will among themselves and just can hurt you. And it's a seed that can begin to grow. The soil of our heart can harbor hostility, or we may deal with hurt by the grace of God. When someone becomes bitter, the root in the heart grows deeper and can become harder to remove. See, when I have a dandelion and the root's like that long, as in the picture behind there, if it's a little root, you can just pull it out. But those tree roots and those things that go down deep are much, much harder to remove. So if we just harbor it and we just leave that soil of our heart to let that thing grow, it can become harder and harder to remove. Bitterness will affect you emotionally, spiritually, and physically because the fruit of bitterness destroys us. That is a crop you don't want to come to full bloom because hatefulness and holiness cannot dwell in the same heart. And it just said in that verse I read, without holiness... We will not see the Lord. I want to see the Lord. We need to have holiness in our hearts. We need to be holy. He says, be holy because I am holy. Be holy as I am holy. And this is going to be the, the main focus of our scriptures today. Ephesians chapter 4. 
beginning in verse 30. And I'm going to go through these, each of these because as I was looking through this this week, my mind was blown at what is going on in this verse. And he says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Obviously, that would mean then that we can grieve the Holy Spirit of God because he's telling us not to do it. How can we grieve the Holy Spirit of God? He says, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. So he's giving a list of things in this verse. He talks about wrath. I had to look these up because these are very specific of what Paul's describing. Wrath is forceful, often vindictive anger. Punishment or vengeance as a manifestation of anger. A feeling of intense anger. Wrath. It is a degree above anger. Anger is a feeling of great annoyance or antagonism as the result of some real or supposed grievance. Rage, to make angry, enrage, a strong feeling of displeasure or hostility. There's like half of films today. You have some films that are rom-coms and they're romance films. And a, a big chunk of films are always about vengeance. I think of films like John Wick where the whole premise is he's seeking revenge. Someone has wronged him. So he's going to go and make it right. He's going to take justice into his own hands. And he's telling us we need to put these things away. It wasn't just that we have anger. Our anger, if we give into it, can turn into wrath. But here was the one that got me, clamor. I wasn't sure what the definition of clamor was, so I had to look it up. This is what it says that clamor is. And again, he's telling us to put this away from us. This isn't something that we should be partaking in. It's a loud, persistent outcry, as from a large number of people, a vehement expression of collective feeling or outrage, a loud or persistent noise or outcry, make a public demand to move influence or force by outcry. This makes me think of mob rule. People want to make something happen and they take to the streets, you know, raise their fists and their picket signs. They're clamoring, they're making noise, they're, they're angry. Think of what's going on in, in, in every city. You know, people are protesting against the fuel prices and they're driving slow on the roads, which is just madness. It just helped the problem. So now you're going slower and using more fuel. That just doesn't, doesn't even add up. We should not be people that make clamor. We have our things and we can take them to the Lord. But to be protesting loudly with anger and outcry. We should not be partaking in that. Slander is oral communication. So it's something you say. It's not using your fist. It's using your words. Oral communication of false and malicious statements that damage the reputation of another. So this is hurting someone, but it's hurting someone differently. A false and malicious statement or report about someone. And we see that everywhere today. People just slander somebody. News uh, media just report something and they don't even care if it's true. They just, they just slander. Well, we'll deal with that if it, if it comes to court. We shouldn't be partaking of slander. We shouldn't have these things within our heart. And the point is, these are root issues. These can be within our heart. 
And he's saying, put these away from you. This is not how we as followers of Christ should live. And last in the list is malice. And this can be the one that's the most tricky because it's a desire to harm others or to see others suffer. It's extreme ill will or spite. The intent to commit an unlawful act without justification or excuse. An improper motive for an action, such as desire to cause injury to another. These are serious, serious things that can be within our heart. These are serious issues that Paul is telling us, put these away from from yourselves. Humans can be vicious and cruel. We know that. Many of us have lived long enough to know people are cruel. Some people, like I said, intentionally hurt you, and some don't intend to hurt you. Some words people say can hurt you tremendously. There was that old saying as I was a boy, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. But the truth is words can hurt you even worse than a broken bone, which can heal after six weeks or so. But we want our own justice. We want to take matters into our own hands. We want to seek vengeance. We want others to pay if they've hurt us. And that can lead for us having a craving of malice. We need to choose to trust God's ways and not reject them. It says in his word that vengeance belongs to him. It is not up to us to make people pay for their wrongs. God is the judge, and that's for him to handle. We need to know that. Here's the thing with roots. Roots are hidden. Normally you don't see roots. Now some things can grow, a tree can grow out of a rock and you can see some of its root system, but mostly by and by roots are hidden. They say that large trees has a root network at least deep as it is tall. So they go down very, very deep root systems. In fact, just at John Muir Country Park, they said a lot of the trees toppled down. And they were saying that the roots weren't very deep. And that's how come trees can topple over. But those trees, those oaks, those old trees that have deep roots that go down very, very deep, that's what keeps them from falling over. Although roots are hidden, you can begin to see issues of the root, especially if it has a root problem. You can begin to see it in the leaves, the flowers, or the limbs above ground. And we have the same kinds of things that happen to us when we allow bitterness to take root. See, we can keep it hidden. Somebody can hurt us, and we may not show immediate displeasure, but we could carry that. You know, my family, I'm of Italian ancestry. And one of the things they always joke about with Italian people, they can hold a grudge. I have members of my family on my grandmother's side who literally didn't talk to each other for decades they held a grudge, and you could ask them, what happened? I don't, they don't even remember, but they got the grudge, and they're not letting them slip. They hold that grudge. That's something that has taken root that's within their heart, and it begins to manifest. You know, Jesus said, you will recognize a tree by its fruit. So we could keep those things hidden, but they begin to come out in different ways. Bitterness is an underlying problem that doesn't always manifest on the outside, but dwells within a person's heart. A root issue is found under the surface. And again, we're talking about that today, the root issue. In Acts 8.22, there was this guy, Simon the sorcerer, and he saw that as the apostles laid their hands on people, the power of the Holy Spirit came, and he wanted to buy this power. And he comes to them and is like, show me how to do this. Is it like a magic trick? Please tell me how I can do this. 
And they say this, Acts 8.22. He says, therefore, repent of this wickedness of yours and pray the Lord that, if possible, the intention of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bondage of iniquity. But Simon, the sorcerer here, answers and says, pray to the Lord for me yourselves so that nothing of what you have said to me may come upon me. He thought he could buy this. And they see, by the, by the power of the Holy Spirit, they see that he's filled with bitterness, that he has issues within his heart. Bitterness is a root issue and is the source of countless spiritual and physical problems in millions of lives today. And again, it's something that's hidden. You don't see somebody has that. You know, you may see somebody that maybe has a physical scar from some injury or something, but bitterness is hidden. We don't see it within the heart. It's a hidden emotion that lies under the surface and out of it springs up anger and other negative emotions against others and circumstances around us. There's some people, we would just say, some people, oh, you, they have a quick fuse. They're just, right now, they're just angry. They go from zero to 60 in negative eight seconds. It's probably because there's bitterness within there. And it's just boiling and simmering under the surface, ready to explode. Jesus said that it is out of the abundance or the overflow of the heart that the mouth speaks. When people spew hatred and animosity, it is due to what they are harboring in their hearts. Those who have a root of bitterness get upset over things about what others are doing around them, like a pot sim simmering beneath the surface. Bitterness is tricky to recognize because it's not a symptom, it's not a symptom that's visible, like anger. You know, there's people you could be doing uh, evangelism on the street, and there's people you'll see, I mean, they got fists clenched. They're like ready to scrap right now. You're just like, give them a wide berth. This is one that's tricky because you can't really spot if somebody is bitter. Rarely will you find anyone that will admit they're a bitter person. Some people do. Some people could be that honest and say, I'm, I'm, I'm old and I'm bitter. They will either deny it or disguise it. A bitter person may be ungrateful, insincere, hold grudges. They could be hypersensitive and have mood swings. No elbows, please, to your left or right. Sometimes they wear it on their faces because it looks like they were baptized in lemon juice. Have you ever met somebody and you could tell they just have had a difficult life? They are just bitter. And it's so much so within their heart that it literally starts to manifest in their face. And they just look bitter. And they just, just have this look about them because they have bitterness harbored in their heart. And I'm just gonna pause a minute because I wanna say that this is really, really important what I'm sharing with you today because I had this actually happen in my life. When I was six years old, my parents divorced and I found myself with tremendous bitterness toward my father. My father had very little contact with us. I have two brothers. He was not part of our life much at all. And I found myself, I mean, I, hatred isn't the word, probably wrath, but I hated his guts. I just didn't like him. I didn't like you know, how, how he was. But I came to that point where, like I said last week, just times with God, I just couldn't grow as close. I couldn't hear. And it was this realization that I have bitterness in my heart. And it can't be, like I said, they, it, bitterness and holiness can't be within the same heart. I can't keep unforgiveness. And believe it or not, when I got to that point, and it took years, 
it took years. When I got to that point to just being able to open my hand for all the things I clenched that he did or that, that I wanted him to pay for, when I could release, I really, that's when God really began to move in my life and really, really, really uh, was able to propel me forward in my walk with him. And I was able to hear from him and receive from him the way that I couldn't before. It was like that pipe that was com clogged almost completely. And there was just a trickle, enough water to get through talking with God. But he revealed that that was an issue that I had to deal with. Now, there are people in life, if you got a plaster, some go a little at a time. Some just rip it off. With roots, for myself anyway, I'm like, God, just take it out. And it's, it's almost like he does a heart surgery. And he can remove this, this root of bitterness. Because guess what? On your own, you just can't do it. You can't just say, oh, I'm just, yeah, I'm good. You can't. It's something that almost like the Holy Spirit needs to, to remove. Here are three ways that you can look to get rid of bitterness. Let grace remove it. To act bitterly is never right when someone has done something wrong to us. If someone has wronged you by the grace of God, place that hurt at the foot of the cross. And I'm saying this as someone who knows this isn't easy. This isn't like a, a one, two, three, and then you're finished. It's very, very difficult. But it's taking that and bringing it to the foot of the cross. Justice is God giving us what we deserve. So we actually deserve justice. God actually, we have sinned and broken God's law. And so we deserve that from God. But mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. So we would say to God, be merciful. That man said, be merciful to me, a sinner. Mercy is God not giving us what we deserve, but grace is God giving us what we don't deserve. So we don't deserve heaven. We don't deserve forgiveness. But by grace, he gives that to us. Grace is a gift of God. God's grace, as defined in the scriptures, is unmerited favor. So it's not that I've done 10 things right and now I've, I've earned God's favor. I've never could earn God's favor, but he gives it, and that's what grace is. Grace given, when it feels least deserved, is one of the only antidotes for, for bitterness. When you extend grace to someone, it's like that anti-venom. If you've been bitten by a snake, it's the antidote or one of the antidotes. By giving someone grace, the root shrivels up and doesn't have viable soil in your heart anymore. You've like taken that and you've, it's like putting weed killer in it and it just shrivels it up and it helps to remove it. Another thing that you can do is let God reveal it. Sometimes people may say, I know my heart. There's no bitterness in me. The truth is that you don't know your heart. God's word tells us that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. David would say to God, search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in your everlasting way. See, a deceitful heart cannot diagnose a deceitful heart. If you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived. That's the problem with deception. The Holy Spirit can reveal it to you because he says that he will bring us and guide us into all truth. That's how we can know. He leads us into truth. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to examine our hearts and reveal those things to us. And lastly, a way that we can help get this out of our lives is let God replace it with forgiveness. When you forgive, it's as if you're setting two people free because one of them is you. 
You've heard that expression. They talk about unforgiveness. It's like drinking poison, hoping that the other person dies. We harbor unforgiveness and we harbor bitterness and we have that malice and ill will toward people. Forgiveness is one of the keys. Forgiveness is so powerful. Don't overlook that. Forgiveness isn't saying to to someone that's wronged you that it's okay. That's not what you're saying when you forgive them. You're saying, I am placing you in in God's care. He will take care of this. He will will vindicate me or he, he will judge you, but I am releasing you from this that I'm holding on to. The Bible says that those who are forgiven should also forgive others. See, we can't harbor unforgiveness and bitterness and then say to God, well, forgive me. I'm worthy of your forgiveness, but don't dare forgive that person. Do you know what they did? Can't do that. We have to forgive those who've hurt us and wronged us. With doing that, you will discover that your life is more peaceful when you uproot bitterness from your heart. And like I said, this is, is huge what I'm, what I'm sharing with you today. And I don't have a tremendous amount of time. I do hope that I'm communicating this well. But it's something that, again, it's hidden and we alone could know. We could look back and some of us may have something from our childhood. We were six years old, seven, eight, ten, fourteen, we don't know. And something somehow has taken a root of bitterness has grown. Some seed that was sown, a word in anger, something is harboring or growing within the soil of our heart. And the truth is we can't allow it. Our heart needs to be pure. Our heart needs to be soft and open before the Lord. We need the fruit of the spirit that it says, peace and kindness. Paul says, again, I'm gonna read back over that verse. Because if you have those things, bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander, and malice, we can grieve the Holy Spirit of God. We need the Holy Spirit. We don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. He says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, all, all bitterness be away from you. All bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. See, that's that that thing where you want to see somebody, you want to see them suffer in some way or another. And sometimes even if you hear about maybe... uh, just someone that you don't care for and you hear that something ill has fallen them and in your heart you secretly rejoice. Yeah, they got what they deserved. Can't have that. But we can actually keep that in our heart. We we, We almost can rejoice over somebody else going through a difficult time. But this is it. He says in verse 32, be kind to one another. Boy, do we need kindness today. Just human kindness. We need kindness And this is specifically to other believers and followers of Christ. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, not hard-hearted. We have enough of that. He says, be tender-hearted. Meaning like if someone's hurting, hurt with them. That's what the Bible says. If they rejoice, rejoice with them. If they're hurting, hurt with them. Tender-hearted. Forgiving each other. This isn't the time that we need to harbor and keep grudges and hold on to things. Forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. How can we keep wrongs and keep a tally on our list of wrongs that people have done to us when God doesn't? God says he takes our sins and he casts them as far as the east is from the west. And then how can we keep a list? Can't. We can't, friends. We need to choose humility, trusting God to set things right. 
and treat others the way that God has treated us. God has been gracious to us. God has been kind and merciful to us. We should be that way toward others. Thank you for listening. Please tune in next week for another inspirational message. If you're in the East Lothian area, visit us online at haddingtonelamchurch.com for information about how you can join us for our weekly Sunday services.